The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Well, good morning and welcome to the Source of Truth podcast on this Tuesday morning. And we're glad you're with us this morning as we take a few minutes in God's word. And we're going to finish up a chapter in Psalm we started yesterday, Psalm 144. And so if you're following along, turn there, and we're going to take the next couple of minutes and look through that. I'm going to begin reading in verse number 9. Let me read the verses we're going to cover today, and then we'll take a few minutes and unpack them. Verse number 9 says this, I will sing a new song unto thee, O God, upon a psaltery and an instrument of ten strings, while I sing praises unto thee. It is he that giveth salvation unto kings, who delivereth David, his servant, from the hurtful sword. Rid me and deliver me from the hand of strange children, whose mouth speaketh vanity, and their right hand is a right hand of falsehood, that our sons may be as plants grown up in their youth, that our daughters may be as cornerstones polished after the similitude of a palace, that our garners may be full, affording all manner of store, that our sheep may bring forth thousands and ten thousands in our streets, that our oxen may be strong to labor, that there be no breaking in nor going out, and there be no complaining in our streets. Happy is that people, that in such a case, a happy is that people whose God is the Lord. Now, what we see at the end, obviously, if you understand what he's looking at, is he's more than likely in the middle of a battle between Phil, uh, Philistines. And this is not necessarily the first time. They were always kind of their nemesis at that time. And so David's pleading for deliverance from his enemy, the Philistines. And so we talked at the beginning about it. Um, looking for the strength and the help in the midst of that time yesterday. But today, he kind of turns his attention back as he's done. I think this is the fifth time he's done something like this, where he turns his attention away from that, back to praising God and thanking God for what God is going to do, for what he believes God is going to do. So let's take a few minutes and uh, we're going to unpack this. I think importantly, all of what we're going to see in the verses we're going to unpack kind of come to a full, uh, proper conclusion in verse number 15. Happy is that people that in such a case, yea, happy is that people whose God is the Lord. This is less about the enemy not bothering them. This is less about not having grief. This is less about, you know, the inconveniences of life not being there or the battles and the craziness of life not being there. This is more about God being the Lord because joy, happiness, fulfillment is not a result of the lack of chaos, right? Because our human nature will create it at some point. Uh, true joy, true fulfillment, true happiness comes when God becomes the center of our life and God becomes the God that we follow. And when we look at that and he becomes, as he says down here, God is the Lord. So let's evaluate what that means in verse two. He starts in nine. Again, he's thanking God, asking God to remove his bitter enemies. And now he starts in verse nine. He says, I will sing a new song unto thee, O God, upon a psaltery and an instrument of ten strings will I sing praises unto thee. So he starts with just talking about the fact that I will sing. He is singing and worship to you, and I'll sing a new song. I will sing a song, and the idea of new, some people immediately think it's brand new, and it is, but the idea is simply this. Um, It is a different song that I sang before. When when I get saved, there is a a new song, a different song than the world had, a new thinking, a new uh, aspect in life. That doesn't mean that everything prior disappears. Some of it will. It should always grow. But the premise is that there'll be a new thinking, a new 
thought, new perspective, which results in a new song. And then, of course, there's new music out there for us at Grow, that there's something new. And that comes because as we're growing in Christ and as God is teaching us, and as he teaches us, certain things just begin to grow in us. And then there's a new song. There should be new songs as you're growing because there's going to be new experiences and new temptations and new battles and then new victories from God, which as you see God work, result in new songs, new worship, new things. So verse 10, it is he, it is God that giveth salvation unto kings who delivereth David his servant from the hurtful sword. So he just simply gives a truthful, I can't do anything about this. If we're going to be delivered from our enemy, it's not going to be because of me. It's not going to be because of my uh, military prowess. It's simply going to be that God is going to deliver us from the hands of the Philistines. And so David is stating a true fact, which by the way, no matter how wise we are, how smart we are, how much we think we can resolve the circumstances in front of us, if we strive to do these things by ourselves, the simple answer will fail. Uh, or we won't enjoy all the benefits that God has. God is the one that brings us. So what I, while I must do my part, please understand that, I come to God and I beg God for grace and wisdom and direction, and then I go. So that way when I'm doing what I should be doing, there is God's wisdom infused in it, which allows me to do it right, do it well, in a way that honors Him. So then he continues on in verse 11, Rid me and deliver me from the hand of the strange children whose mouth speaketh vanity, and their right hand is a right hand of falsehood. Now, I'll be honest with you, when you first look at that passage, it is a bit strange. You're like, what, what is his issue with strange children? So simply what he's talking about is the Philistine children, and he's not necessarily saying that children of a different land are weird or strange or wrong. What he's simply saying is they're strange and they're different in the way they do things. And in a moment, we're going to talk about his own, the children of his generation. Simply what he's saying is, if we become captive... To the, children, to the people of Philistines, then what's going to happen is we're going to be taken captive and our children are going to be reared just like the children of the Philistines. The, thing, the ways of Israel, the ways of worshiping Jehovah, all those things are going to go by the wayside because our children are now going to be reared and raised under the thinking of the Philistine way. So deliver us from the, the thinking, from, from what our children would get in that place. Please don't let us fall into captivity to where the thinking of a different culture would influence us. And then he goes on, why? Why deliver us? Verse 12, that our sons may be as plants grown up in their youth, that our daughters may be as cornerstones polished after the similitude of a palace, simply stating that our children will grow up in, in, in the reflection of Jehovah God, in the ways at that point, in the ways of Israel, in our ways. They will grow up to appreciate the heritage of the Jewish people, to appreciate Jehovah God and all that we have. Lord, save us so that our generation can grow up to honor you. Can I tell you, there's something very, very important about this. He was afraid that the Philistines would totally change their way. Can I encourage you that I think it's just as important that we be careful as a world as Christians who live in a pagan world, that we be careful that the world is not what's rearing our children. I, I don't think, I think there's a problem, and I've seen this happen. I think we can go too far to complete isolation, where our children are so isolated from anything in the world that the moment they're ever exposed to the world, they don't even know how to handle it. Now, I, I don't necessarily think throwing them into a bat of filth is the answer. I hope you understand there's a balance there. But they need to understand how to answer. They need to understand that the world, what's going on, the world is there, and how does, what does the Bible say about it? I've, I've seen too many come out of these situations, and the moment they're exposed to the world, they kind of go nuts. They don't, they don't know, they know a lot of theory of the Bible, but they don't know what it is. Here's the other issue. If we're so isolated from the world, how are we to be salt and lights in a world that we're isolated from? 
How are we to be salt and light from a world that needs us? You know, at Sunday night, we talked about the idea in Revelation that the reason Satan is limited today is because of the church. The church and the Holy Spirit is existent in the church. Think about what that means for today. And the more corrupted we see today, what is God placed on this earth for today to be the answer? That is the church. Who is the church? We are the Holy Spirit. And what happens is can we isolate, we keep our kids as far away from anything that has to do with influence in the world, and we wonder why the world's getting worse. Because those whom God has placed here to influence and be a salt and light, we're not letting them. We ourselves are not doing that. And the world has become more isolated today than it ever was. So I don't think, we've got to be careful not letting the world influence who we become. But I think we've also got to be careful that we allow our, our, our thinking and the biblical thinking to be an influence in the world. Verse 13, that our garners. So what he does is he gives three basic reasons. He gives several reasons, three reasons for why he wants freedom. First of all, obviously, is the next generation. Two, he talks about the next idea of, of economy, that our garners or places where they would store the um, harvest may be full according to all manner of store, that our sheep may bring forth thousands and ten thousands in their streets, that the oxen may be strong in labor, there be no breaking in or going out. There may be complaining in our streets. So one, the next generation would grow up strong. Two, the economy would stay strong. Three, we'd be happy. Now, those things seem selfish when you look at it. And you say, well, that's a very selfish perspective. I don't think any of us, especially in today's day, would begrudge the next generation growing up healthy, untainted from the filth of the world, loving God. Uh, economy strong where we have our needs and then happy in the streets. I, I think in today's day, we would understand how much we love that. Here's what he says then. Happy is that people, that in such a case, hey, yay, happy is that people whose God is the Lord. That's what it comes down to. All of these things. It doesn't do any good to that the world is not influencing the next generation if we're not pointing them to God. It doesn't do us any good that we're free from all the grief if we're not in taking care of and using the resources God has given us. God needs to be the center of what we're doing, and when He is, then we can find joy. Then we can find uh, what He wants us to have. So the, all the things He's talking about there and what He hopes for the future, what He hopes for His land, come down to happy are those people that whose God is the Lord. And that hopefully it's a true. It's not the world. It's not economy. It's not materialism. Whose God is their Lord. And I believe this, that when God becomes our Lord and we grow up in Christ, we can be an influence in a way. We can be in the world, but not of the world. But I'm afraid sometimes that we limit the opportunity simply because, you know, for convenience. And may we still be, as a church, that salt and light, that godly influence in a world that desperately needs it. Thanks again for joining us on this Tuesday morning and taking time to study again with us the book of Psalms. I appreciate the privilege that you give me to be part of your day. I hope it's a help. I really hope it's an encouragement. Again, thanks for joining us, and we look forward to seeing you again next time.